Assalamu alaikum dear listeners and welcome to CIC's podcast channel. In this series, Sheikh Akram will explore the profound teachings of Imam Nawawi, one of the most revered Islamic scholars of our time. His collection of 40 hadith encompasses a treasure trove of guidance and timeless wisdom. So get ready to be inspired and motivated. Now hadith fifth number, hadith fifth. Al-hadith al-khamis, al-umm al-mu'minina ummi abdillahi aisha dillahu tal'anha, qalat qala sallallahu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد رواه البخاري ومسلم في رواية لمسلم من عمل عملا ليس عليه أمرنا فهو رد This hadith from Aisha Allah Ta'ala She is the wife of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Mother of the believers And she had so many virtues And among the companions she is known among the few people Who had got so many hadith And she is one of the fuqaha of the sahaba And many great companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Like Umar al-Khattab and Uthman and even people after that, they used to come and ask her, her, her opinions. So she was good in fatwa and the fiqh, and, uh, and she actually taught her hadith more than anybody else really, in, in, in the city of Makkah al-Mukarramah and Medina and then Basra. And wherever she went, people used to come and learn from her. And even people from far, when they used to come to Medina, they used to learn from her. So she really had got a lot of knowledge. She didn't have any, any son, but uh, the way of Arab people is, that when you call someone, you call with the kunya. So she asked the Prophet to give her a kunya. So the Prophet named her Umm Abdullah. And some people say she was called Abdullah, Umm Abdullah because the son of her, her sister, Asma. Asma had a son, Abdullah Mizubair, to that way Aisha was adopted that kunya, and she is called Umm Abdullah. This hadith actually is very important. People say this hadith is one of the fundamental foundations of Islam. And really, no doubt, it is very, very important. This hadith, people say, has the so, same importance as the hadith in Namal Amal bin Niyat. Hadith in Namal the first hadith in, in Nawi, in Namal Amal bin Niyat, that like criteria and measurement for your heart. And this hadith is criteria and measurement for your actions. Actions only can, as I mentioned earlier, actions only can be accepted to Allah SWT when there are two conditions. The first one is, they must be a kind of sunnah, aswab, and the second, they must be akhlas, sincere. So the first hadith in Amal Amal bin Niyat belongs to the Akhlasuhu and hadith of Aisha belongs to Aswabuhu. Actions only can be accepted when they are on the Sunnah. If they are not on the Sunnah, they never can be accepted. So this hadith has same importance as the hadith of Amal Amal bin Niyat. She narrated that the Prophet said, Man ahdatha fi amrina hadha ma laysa minhu fahuwa raddun. Anybody who invents in our this matter, meaning in our religion, Anything that is not part of it, then it is rejected. Anything that people do, which is not from the religion, you know, which is not in the Quran, and which is not in the Sunnah of the Prophet anything that invent, what means invent? Means they make anything part of the religion. And what makes things part of the religion? When you attach any reward for that, or when you actually say, detach you know, any sin from that, or something like that, when you make it becomes part of the religion. Whenever people make any ibadah, anything, and they do something in that ibadah, which never has come from the Prophet then it is rejected. And you can see really, this, many, many people do so many, so many bidahs, and I, I'll come some, to some of them. Uh, let me complete this. So hadith in Bukhari Muslim, and one version of Muslim is, man amela amalan, laisa alayhi amruna fahuraddun, Anybody who does any action on which is not our matter, then that is rejected. People say, people of the hadith and fiqh say 
that Imam Nawi said, Imam Nawi said, This hadith should be used and should be memorized for invalidating anything that is Munkar in Islam. And some of this hadith can be named as half of the evidence of, of, of Sharia. Because you know, if something not in the Quran Sunnah, they rejected. So this really one of the measurements, and that why one of the uh, you know pious person Sahan Abdullah Tastustari said, Mandahana Mubtadian, Salabahullah Halawata Sunan. Anybody who makes friendship with those people who invent the in the religion, then those people have been taken away from them, it has been taken away the sweetness or taste of, of the religion. So bid'ah basically invention in the religion is very, very dangerous. And as I mentioned, invention basically means doing anything new and considering it as part of the religion. And those new things which are coming in the world, no doubt really, and people don't make it part of the religion, then no harm in that. For example, there are many, many new inventions. Like, you know, now people are traveling by aeroplane, people have cars, people have buses, many of those things, people have got TV, people have got internet. So these are not bid'ah. Why? Because people don't take them as part of the religion. But for example, if somebody travels on an aeroplane, and he thinks traveling by aeroplane make him more nearer to Allah then it becomes bid'ah. Any invention, anything new, where you attach the religion, then basically it is bid'ah. So when where people do and they don't expect any reward or they don't expect that any sin will be dropped by that, then it is not, it is not bid'ah. So bid'ah basically is basically simple thing is anything that is that is ibadah. All the ibadat, if people attach to ibadat anything which is not coming from Allah and His Messenger, it becomes bid'ah. Similarly, those things which are not ibadah, but if people do something and they expect any reward, that also becomes bid'ah. Like for example, janazah. Janada is ibadah. And how janada should be done, it has come properly, very clearly in the Sunnah of the Prophet. Now, if anybody comes and makes something new, it becomes bid'ah. Like for example, janada itself is dua. And the prayer of Janada has been described very clearly in the books of the Hadith and the Fiqh and the ways that, you know, in the kind of Hanafi Mother, for Takbir and do this, this, and then after this, Assalamu Alaikum. After Salam, we never have any single evidence, any single proof that after Salam there is any dua. After Imam says Salam, then Janada is dua. That is the dua of the Prophet. Allahumma khfir li hajjina wa majjitina. After the Salam, there is nothing there. But you can see now in many, many mosques and many prayers, places where Muslims actually are there, after the Janada prayer, after the Salam of Imam, people make another dua. Let's make dua. This dua never has come anywhere. And Mullah Ali Qayyir, one of the great Hanafi scholars, and many people, they say dua after the Janada is bid'ah. Because it is not part of that. So, you know, in ibadah, for example, similarly, like Adhan, Adhan, when it is said, it is certain well known words. If you add anything before Adhan, Anything after the Adhan or anything between the Adhan, though the meaning is correct, it becomes bid'ah. Because Adhan is ibadah, it should be done as the Prophet did. Like many Shia, they say, Ashadu anna aliyan wariyullah. When they say, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah, they also say what? Ashadu anna aliyan wariyullah. This uh, Shia alim, he has written a book, Tashihul Madhab, very nice book in Arabic language. And he himself was a Shia, from a Shia family, from Najaf. Uh, he wrote that now he, he I think he, he lives in 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 in, uh, in, in Germany. So I, I got this book and translated that book in Urdu as well. Very very, very important work. So he, he discussed all those issues where the Shia and Sunni differ. So one of the things Adhan. 
Kashiya people are in Iran, Ashadu Anna Aliyan Wariullah. He said, I went to Iran and discussed with the Fuqaf Iran. I said to them, Why do you say Adan in Adan, Ashadu Anna Aliyan Wariullah? So they said, You know, then what, they said, What a harm that is a good meaning. Ali is Wari of Allah anyway. So he said, I said to them, Do you add a very good word in, in the Adan? You know, for if I add in Adan, my father is so and so, will you allow that? That is correct. And this Adan is known words from the Prophet. How can you add? He said, They had no answer. But they keep doing this thing. Similarly, for example, uh, you know, if you, I went uh, you know, once uh, to Syria, I never found in Syria in any mosque any Adhan which is Sunnah. Either before Adhan or after Adhan, they add something. And I discussed with the ulama that I said to them that you know, you are a ulama, you are a scholar, you know Hadith and Fiqh. Why you accept this Adhan? So they say, but what is wrong that you know, these are good sentences. But I say, yeah, good sentences, but they are not part of the Adhan of the Prophet you know, what's before Adhan, what's after Adhan, they're not part of the Prophet. Why you are not content with the Adhan of the Prophet? Similarly, you can see very often when uh, you know, in the Iqama or in Adhan, when the Muaddin said, uh, you know, uh, some people after that they say Muhammad Rasulullah. You know, if La ilaha should be the last sentence. If you add Muhammad Rasulullah, you have changed the whole thing. The Adhan is starting with Tawheed and ends with Tawheed. Now you want to end it with Muhammad Rasulullah. We also say Muhammad Rasulullah. But this is not how the person taught us. So when people say Muhammad Rasulullah, they are actually correcting. Somebody came to Imam Mahdi Rahmanullah Ta'ala and he said, I want to go for Umrah and I want to do, put on my ihram from the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu And you know, the Prophet Sallallahu has defined you know, the places from where people put on the ihram for Hajj and Umrah. So for people of Medina, it is actually Dhul Hulaifa. Now people call it actually Abiyaru Ali, whatever name. The Dhul Hulaifa is the place that actually Miqat of people of Medina, you put on your haram from Dhul Hulaifa. So that actually few miles away from Medina. This person came to Imam Malik and he said, I want to do Umrah, but I want to do haram from the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu Imam Malik said, don't do this. So the person said, what harm in that? It is few steps before, uh, be, before Dhul Hulaifa anyway. So what harm in that? So Imam Malik said, is there any harm greater than, than thinking that you are doing a good deed which even the Prophet did not do? You know, things, thinking that you're doing something, you know, better than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or more than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this actually must be categorized. The reason is people must keep, keep that. That's why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, My people always will remain on the right path as long as they break their fast as early as possible. And as long as they do suhoor, you know, eating in, 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 in late night, you know, as late as possible. Why? Because fast means the time which is meant for fasting. If you made the time of the fasting more than that, you are basically changing the whole religion. So that's why after, as, soon as, as soon as the sun sets, people must break their fast to make very clear that we are fasting for the sake of Allah Taala. So people are not allowed to add anything or to take out anything from their own thinking. Whenever you do, do little thing, but do a kind to the sunnah of the Prophet They never change it. Anything that actually comes, to correct any sunnah the Prophet was changing it, that basically rejected and there is no reward that actually people of the past, they used to say that bid'ah is more harmful than the zina. If people do zina, that is easier than doing bid'ah. You know, one of the uh, people of the hadith in, in, in Basra, uh, he used to say to his students that don't sit with the people of bid'ah. And then one of his students said to him, that you always say, ask us not to sit with the people of Bidah, but your own son goes and sits with them. So when the son came to, to the Shaykh, Shaykh said to his son, Oh my son, had you, had you done a zina, 
have you done adultery have you done zina have you killed someone i have done this sin it would have been better for me than sitting with that person just imagine bidaa is worse than anything else why because fear mu'ina rahimullah ta'ala said people who do bidaa they never repent because they think they are doing good thing people who do zina they can repent people who steal they can repent people who kill someone they can repent but people who do bidaa they never repent because they think they are doing something good bidaa actually is very very dangerous so one should be very do little things but do a kind to the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and there is no one protected other than the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam nobody's way if you i start following my teacher and you follow your teacher then islam will become so many versions me and you both are obliged both are forced to follow the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam if i do something you have full right to ask me what is my evidence if you do something i can ask you what is your evidence until both of us agree on the way of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam i cannot say my way is what my teacher said once uh, one of the imam of egypt for a maliki madhab had a debate with imam shafi rahmatullah taala imam shafi rahmatullah asked him what is your evidence so the person said qala malik imam malik has said imam shafi said you and your teacher both need evidence malik not evidence we respect malik we love him but malik not proof malik not evidence evidence is allah the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he is the evidence he is the proof when his name comes then people should be quiet and agree imam malik imam shafi has done really so much things in this matter very very people have done when imam shafi imam his stream imam muzil rahmatullah said once imam shafi was teaching hadith and i said to him do you follow this hadith ataqulu bihi do you follow this hadith imam shafi rahmatullah said do you think i am coming from a church you know if i read a hadith and i don't follow it then you should think that my mind has gone bad i become mad person now how is it possible that you know read a hadith and then you ask me do you follow this this but in our time it is true really we read hadith we don't follow it so you know, people don't follow the hadith but follow something else you know when hadith comes from allah the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's true we should actually bow our head we surrender ourselves then not nobody can be more right than allah the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam we don't accuse anybody but allah the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam more right than anybody else this how the religion can be safe otherwise once you start changing because of your teacher then islam will have same ending like christianity and judaism they corrupted so this must this hadith of aisha allah taala must be kept actually and must get priority in in the life of the believer and that i said you know people of the hadith say this is like half of the religion this hadith of aisha allah taala now al hadith al sadis عن ابي عبد الله عن ابي عبد الله النعمان بن بشير رضي الله تعالى عنهما قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول ان الحلال بجن وان الحرام بجن وبينهما امور مشتبهات لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس فمن اتقى الشبهات فقد استمر على دينه وعرضه ومن وقع في الشبهات وقع في الحرام كالراعي يرعى حول الحما يوشق ان يرتع فيه الا وان لكل ملك ملك حما الا وان حما الله محارمه الا وان في الجسد مضغه اذا صلح صلح الجسد كله واذا فسدت فسد الجسد كله الا وهي القلب this is one of those hadith about which muhaddithin say that islam is madar islam relies on them so this is one of the few hadith some people just you know this is one of the third of islam this hadith in this hadith all the things have been divided into three categories one is halal one is haram and one is thing unclear in between both of them mushtabihat whether confusion is there and there not clarity between between both of both of them so in practice basically people should follow the halal and whatever is not halal they should leave it 
things which are in between, people should not follow them. That actually the message of the hadith. So hadith from Umar Bashir Allah Talanhu, and the Prophet said, Inna al-halal bayyinun. Halal is clear, very clear. Whatever halal is, make clear. Wa inna al-haram bayyinun, and whatever the haram, that's also very clear in known. Wa baynahuma umuru mushtabihatun. And between both of them, there are certain things which are not clear. Because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made the world like that. That human being, they never have got perfect knowledge. To whatever knowledge you get, always there will be certain boundaries, certain things which will not be clear. Even you can see it when people define the boundaries of a country. Still, you can see there are some fudging areas where people don't know where exactly things are. So similarly, uh, no doubt in the in the religion, you know there are some things which are very clear, something uh, haram very clear, but between them something they are not so clear. Then he said, لا يعلمون كثيرا من الناس. Most people don't know these things. Anybody who avoids the shubhat, those which are confusing, which are unclear, if anybody avoids them, then that person basically has taken care of his religion and you know, given honor to his religion and his, you know, his religion and his honor. And then those people who fall in the shubhat, in the confused matters or in the unclear matter, they will fall in the haram. Like the shepherd, who graze his animals around the hima, around sanctuary, because you know when people have got you know big area for grazing animals, they got in you know, a boundary fence, so that is sanctuary. Anybody who uh, you know graze there, it is very likely he will fall in the in the sanctuary. Allah wa inna likulli malik hima. Listen, every king has got a sanctuary. Allah wa inna hima Allah maharimuhu. And listen, Allah the hima is his maharim, the thing that he has made haram. Allah wa inna fil jasad mudghatan. Listen, in the body there is peace of the of the flesh. When that peace is right, then the whole body is right. And when it is corrupt, then the whole body is corrupt. And listen, that peace is the heart of the people. This hadith actually is no doubt really very very important. But first thing actually is about the mushtabihat. So halal things are very clear and haram things are very clear. Between both of them there are something where the argument is not very clear and you know and then one should avoid them what does it mean is to understand this thing properly because always have been problem and discussion for the people alhamdulillah was thinking for this thing. so what actually i can see from many arguments also imam bukhari rahimullah ta'ala in his sahih has made a little bit in a clearer uh, you know than what many people think you know understand that two types of the command islam those things which belong to the major to the to the usul of islam fundamentals of islam major branches of the religion and that there are same things which are minor branches of the religion whenever things are not clear and they belong to the category of the usuluddin fundamentals of the religion or they belong to the category of the major branches of the religion then in those matters people should leave the shubhat anything that is confused unclear leave them those things which belong to the minor issue small thing in those matter, people should, you know, should not care about the about the shubhat. They should not worry about the confusion matter. Let me explain for example. Like that somebody came to the Prophet and said that when I am the prayer, I can feel that I know I have passed on the wind. Wood is broken. So should I leave my prayer? The Prophet said no, unless you know you uh, hear a voice or you know sound, or unless you get the smell. Unless you are certain, don't leave it. So this shubha. For he did not consider the shubha. This shubha was not considered why? because this shubha belonged to a minor issue of the branches of the religion. It is not the main thing. 
तो यू कैन सी वेन एवर थिंग्स लाइक दैट लाइक प्योरिटी एंड इम्प्योरिटी मेनी इशू दैट प्योरिटी एंड इम्प्योरिटी जूरिस से इफ यू हैव डन ओदू एंड देन यू हैव शुभ हाउ वेदर मे बी योर ओदू इज ब्रोकन डोंट वरी योर ओदू इज स्टिल देयर अनलेस यू हैव गाट क्लियर एविडेंस दैट ओदू इज ब्रोकन सिमिलरली हलाल हराम इफ यू बाई मीट फ्रॉम मुस्लिम शॉप देर यू शुड कंसेंट इज इट इज इट इज हलाल अनलेस देयर इज क्लियर एविडेंस यू मे बी द पर्सन डज नॉट प्रे मे बी यू थिंक मे बी नॉट वेरी वेरी गुड इन दिस मैटर्स स्टिल यू आर नॉट अलाउड टू मेक डाउट्स एंड को फॉर द नो स्टिल यू कैन ईट इट एंड से बिस्मिल्ला ईट इट सो यू नो थिंग्स विच आर माइनर ब्रांचेज लाइक यू नो हलाल फूड एंड यू सराटिंग द एनिमल प्योरिटी एंड नॉट थिंग्स लाइक दैट इन दोज मैटर्स ऑल द जूरिस एग्री दैट कन्फ्यूजन शुभा एंड डाउट दे हैव नो वेलिडिटी पीपल शुड नॉट फॉलो दैम दे क्रिएट वसा इज इट क्लियर टू अंडरस्टैंड ऑल दो द माइनर इशूज माइनर ब्रांच ऑफ द रिलीजन वेयर द शुभा कम्स वेयर एनी डाउट कम्स डोंट लुक फॉर द डाउट डोंट कंसिडर दैम यू शुड गो फॉर सर्टेंटी इफ यू हैव डाउट फॉर उदू योर उदू इज देयर इफ यू डाउट वेदर फूड एनिमल हैज मीन सोटर और नॉट एनिमल इज हलाल डोंट गो फॉर योर डाउट्स बट वेयर द डाउट कम्स इन दो द मैटर्स विद द फंडामेंटल्स ऑफ द रिलीजन और द मेजर ब्रांचेज ऑफ द रिलीजन देन पीपुल मस्ट कंसिडर द डाउट and then be away from that be away from the shubha for example like you know your income being pure income being pure tajib you know like for example that too, like for example when you buy an animal from your pure money it is tajib then you slaughter it it becomes halal to so being tajib of the money that is one of the major branch of fundamentals of the religion people must have pure money pure income must be there So if you have doubt that whether maybe it has some interest, some usury, some riba, then leave it. And the Sahaba used to say that you know sometimes you know we used to leave certain things because there used to be minor doubts. So if any doubt comes whether the income is halal or haram, it has got any usury, then for the doubts are so strong that you leave them. Similarly, for example, if you know that it is you know there are certain women and you don't know you are not sure really whether to marry her or not because maybe she has got. Uh, she is your milk sister for example so if the doubt comes about about the halal being in the marriage then the way in islam is leave that doubt will be considered and you should not go near like you know one of the companions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he has narrated uqba ibn harith in hadith in sahih bukhari uqba ibn harith said that i married a woman in makkah al mukarrama and then a lady came to my house and said to me that i have given my milk to you and your wife both both are my both are my sons by milk you and your wife if both have got the milk from the same same woman they can't marry each other and he said i had already married i married the woman and then this lady comes to me and said to me that i am the mother of both of you by milk so i didn't i said to her why didn't you come before and then i i became in doubt then i came to madina munawwara i asked the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said no leave her kai kai waqt qila it has been said now doubt leave it so he considered this doubt this doubt whether i can marry this woman or not this doubt is so strong that he considered to so imagine whenever things come about the usul about the major branch of the religion you know about tajib and all those things you know about marriage then doubt will be strong and people have to consider that and they have to leave it when the doubt comes about minor things about the purity impurity or halal of the animal or haram you know slaughtering things like that then people are allowed not to go for the doubts the as long as you doubt but when the certainty is there 
Like for example, somebody, some, some Muslims came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Medina, and Aisha and Rads, anha. some people came and said that there are people who bring meat to our house, but we don't know whether they are halal or haram. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam no, say Bismillah and eat them. Why? Because you are in Medina, and the people who bring the meat, they are Muslims. So, you know, we assume that it must be halal to say Bismillah. But for example, if we know by certainty that meat is haram, then Bismillah will not make it halal. Understand this thing properly. So for example, we know by certainty the Christian people, they don't have any obligation that any animal should be slaughtered. Or when people slaughter, they say Bismillah rahman rahim They don't have anything like that. If an animal has been not slaughtered by Muslim, a Muslim killed an animal and does not slaughter, it is haram. If a Muslim actually slaughter, you know, kills an animal, it does not say Bismillah, it becomes haram. So what, how, how about Christian? If we know by certainty the Christian people don't consider any rule for slaughtering the animal, then we will know it is not doubt. Then Bismillah will not make it halal. Bismillah only has been said by the Prophet in those cases where there are doubt. Meat has been brought by Muslims and we don't know. There are Muslims, we assume it must be right. So similarly, for example, if you visit a Muslim family and you are not sure whether you know what they are cooking is halal or haram and you cannot ask them, then say Bismillah and eat. But if you buy the meat from those major, you know, super uh, stores here, supermarkets, where actually they, you know, they don't have any consideration, then it basically is not doubt. So this hadith, in this thing about halal haram, it is only when there is doubt. But if there is certainty, there is something haram, it is haram. Halal is bayin and haram is bayin. What in the between actually is something unclear, there where actually the problem comes. But when haram is bayin, you can, Bismillah cannot make it halal. Is it clear? To understand, some, some people really, they're giving fatwa, and I know this thing, they're giving, and some of actually my, my teachers, which actually I don't uh, agree to. My thinking really is that Christians for a long, long time, they have no condition for halal meat. They don't, don't know halal what Jews have. So that's why if somebody buys the meat from a shop of Jews, that's fine, you know, it is halal. But for Christians, Christian actually, even when they employ somebody to slaughter the animal, you know, in slaughtering house, they don't have any condition of being Christian. Any Sikh, any Hindu, any atheist, anybody can be employed by them and do, doing these things. Even if we don't know the people who have, you know, done this slaughtering, whether they are Christian or not. We don't know anything. So that's why, you know, people should be careful, especially when the halal meat is available everywhere. So, as I mentioned, that this, this category of, of shubhat between two things, they belong to two different groups. If they belong to the group of the Usuluddin, fundamentals of the religion, or they belong to the major branch of the religion, then one should be careful of the shubhat. When they belong to the minor issue, they don't worry and don't bring waswasa to, uh, 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 to that. And next thing is that uh, people should actually make you know, effort to purify their heart. Because when people eat shubhat, when people eat haram, then the heart becomes dirty and dirty and clean. So it is very important that people keep your, like for example your cloth, when your cloth is very clean, even if a dot is there, you can see it. But if somebody's cloth is very dirty and, 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 and dark, you know, if anything falls, he will not understand it. If the heart is pure and clean, if any sin happen, person can feel it. But when the heart becomes dark, people keep committing the sin, they keep lying, they keep backbiting, and they never feel that. So that why it is very important for the believers, they must make their heart unclear. And the people of the hadith and the fiqh, they say there are certain things which can make your heart clean. Six things. If you keep six, thing, six in mind, then basically your heart can remain uh, pure and clean. One is 
Qira'atul Qur'an with tadabbur. Reading the Quran while understanding properly. Thinking, understand Quran. Qira'atul Quran with tadabbur. Second thing is ikhla'ul batan. Making the stomach empty. You know, filling the stomach too much, that also makes the heart very dirty. Because when people become too much eating, then too much weight, sleeping, ghafla, they don't do anything properly. That's why because the Prophet never liked to eat more than one third part of our uh, stomach. So eating more than that really, it makes something even can affect the heart of the people. So second thing is, ikhlaul batan, making your stomach empty. Meaning is, don't eat more than one third of the stomach. The third thing is, in the sahar. You get up late, late night and cry and weep in front of your Lord. You know, when you cry, when you weep really, it, it purifies your, your body, it also purifies and cleans your heart. So you're getting up uh, in the early morning in the sahar time, before the fire time, and doing the prayer and crying and weeping and asking Allah to help, this helps people to purify and to clean their heart. The fourth one is Mujalasatu Salihin, sitting with the right people. Because when you sit next to the right people, you know, it affects you. It makes your heart, you want to become like them. Then you can compare yourself with them. You can see how dirty you are and how nice they are. It makes you to follow them. So sitting with the right, because if you sit with the dirty people, you will think, oh, you are better than them. You don't find anything. But when you sit with those people whose hearts are pure, you want also to make your heart pure. So the fourth one is Mujaratul Salihin, sitting with the pious people. So one was Qiratul Quran with Tadabbur, second was Ikhlaul Batn, uh, making the stomach empty, and the third one was uh, uh, weeping and crying in the early morning. Actually, there are only five things. And the fourth one is Mujar Salih sitting with the righteous people. And the fifth one is eating halal. So eating halal food, that no doubt, really, that, that's very effective uh, in, in, in this uh, matter. Hassan Basri said, Adrakna qawman yatrukuna sabayina baban min halal khashyatan uquya fil harab. Hassan Basri said, I have found people who used to abandon or give up 70 chapters of the halal because of the fear of falling in haram. So you can, this is actually, you know, a, a usury and interest. They are so fearful that, you know, if there's any doubt of interest, usury, people should leave that. And Zadim Thabit says, لا شيء أسهل من الورع إذا رابك شيء فدعه. Zadim Thabit said, nothing easier than ورع. Then become pious and, you know, clean. Then nothing more. Why? Whenever something becomes doubtful to you, leave it. It's so easy. Anything you have doubt, leave it. It's so easy, make life easier. But we people, we are so much keen and fond of the doubtful things. So Zayn al-Thabit says, إِذَا رَابَكَ شَيْءٌ لَا شَيْءَ أَسْحَلُ مِنَ الْوَرَعُ إِذَا رَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَدَعَهُ قال الحسن البصري الذنب على الذنب يظلم على القلب حتى يسود Hassan al-Basri says, committing the sin after the sin, it makes, it puts darkness on the heart until the whole heart becomes full of the uh, 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 dark uh, and because uh, uh, dark uh, 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 the heart. So you can see when people keep committing the sin it becomes very dirty. So anyway the way basically in Islam is that whenever people commit any sin, they do any mistake they should not sit until they have asked Allah to repent to forgive it and they have got full repentance. Without repentance committing the sin again again makes your heart more and more dirty. You can see really whenever you commit any mistake first time it is really too much for you. 
then second time becomes easier, third time even easier. So that why the way is if by mistake you commit any sin, don't sit you know easily. Don't go and you know cry and do the prayer and ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive you and repent to Him and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will forgive. But sitting after that is very bad. So you know that why the ulama say how good it is for the believers that they should ask, they should do istighfar after the after the after the sin. When you do sin, ask Allah to forgive. But how bad it is for the believer to insist on the sin. Doing the sin and insisting again and again, that's very bad. And this matter, no doubt really, minor sins and major sins, both are the same. When people insist, even the minor sins, they become major sins. So people never, never should insist. If you do any mistake, you know, don't sit proper, you know. Keep asking Allah to forgive you. Repent to Allah and we hope, inshallah, Allah will forgive you. And in this matter, one thing also is, you know, some people think like, you know, if that folk have different opinion, so, you know, the shubha, there is shubha. So I follow opinion, which has actually have, which can accommodate all the differences. This is not the way. I am a measure of the minor branches. People should not go for this. For example, if, if some people think like, for example, there are many, many ulama and they allow people to wipe their, uh, over their cotton socks, you know. Wiping over the leather socks is agreed upon by everybody anyway. Imam Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi, everybody allows people, if they stay at home, they can wipe over their leather socks, uh, you know, for one day and night, if they have put on uh, after washing the feet. And when they're traveling for three days and three nights, they can wipe over. But whether cotton socks are same or not, they're different opinion. So there are some jurists who allow, some people just don't allow. So in this matter, if somebody follows the opinion of those people who allow it and wipe over, over, over cotton socks, it is not shubhat, it is not something shubha. Because this is one of the minor things in Islam, minor issues in Islam. In these matters, people can follow the opinion of any jurist who is one of the major jurists in Islam, those who have got the fear of Allah and taqwa, you can follow them and does not harm your religion. And that's why people in the past actually they used to you know get the fatwa from different scholars and whatever used to be easier for them, they used to follow. But when the hadith mentions the shubha and the doubt, these basically only belong to the Usuluddin or the major branches of the religion. Minor things in that matter, basically, people should not go so much about doubt. You know, people can choose any opinion which can make life easier for you and you can do and there are no harm in that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. To help us create more content like this and more, please consider supporting us by donating whatever you can. Please visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and click the donate button. Jazakallahu khairan.